1: Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of step Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcut, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Well, my week was crazy. How about yours? <laughs> oh, definitely. But it
3: was good kind of crazy, right? Yes. It's good to be yes. busy. Yes. I like I like challenges. I like people coming up with puzzles for me to solve that I can actually end up solving eventually. I hate the ones that I can't figure out. Forget those. But the ones that I actually can figure out, in life. <laughs> like
1: like those, those little annoying puzzles you get at Christmas sometimes. Those ones that you can't pull apart. You know those two things that connect no. together. You got to find a way, some way, to get it apart. Oh man! No,
3: no the puzzles like how come when <laughs> I do a site colon on this search X happens. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what I saw this week that I haven't seen in years. Mm-hmm. I actually saw a index page of a server directory indexed in Google. You know how you used to have you could like get the page index oh, yeah. where you and you'd see all the list of all the files in the directory. I had a I had a site that had like dozens of those indexed. I was like, wow, I haven't seen that in years. This guy
1: is really screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, Yes, yes, that's definitely a good way to put it. Yep. <laughs> um, I've, I was actually doing—I I mean, I guess a competitor analysis freaked the last few days. I mean, last week and a half to two weeks, I've just been doing competitor uh, reviews and, hey, hey I, I, but I, you know, what really shocks me is I don't really get digging deep into other search results very often these days. Not, not as much as I used to. But doing competitor analysis, I find competitors that simply. This is putting an understatement, but don't deserve to rank. And I mean Mm -hmm. understatement. I I was ranting about this on Facebook, but I saw it. I was. Oh my, effing (laughs) god! These sites are so spammy. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> blew my mind. <laughs> and, on a, and on a funny note, I thought, oh, I want to see how this goes. Like, uh, I was playing around with Moz tools. I'll always like to find a tool that might help me a bit with these things. I usually get distracted. But um, I wanted to try what they're, um, what is it? it they it, it'll, You can run it on a page and it'll give you a review of the optimization for the page and then kind of give you a grade. And I ran okay. it on this thing. All of the spammy pages got A's or B pluses. Jeez, <laughs> I was horrified. I was like, "No!" <laughs> Somebody's figured out how to
3: do good spam.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, no! I mean, they're bad spam. That's just it. They were just horrific. Thirty-five incidences of a word on a page, or of a key phrase on a page, and there's only like maybe six hundred words of content. Nice. Oh, nice. Well, these tools probably make some assumptions
3: that people that people are going to do some certain things. And I guess they, they they didn't make the assumption that people were going to go back to 1990 optimization techniques.
1: Very true. Sorry, I had to pause there while that silly uh, ambulance went by. Ah, uh, working downtown, right? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beyond ridiculous. I was just foaming at the mouth, just thinking that these things are still able to succeed with these pathetic ranking techniques and that Google doesn't catch them. Like, what the hell? Ugh, yeah. anyway. I don't know. This stuff slips out of the radar, but they get so, caught eventually. I hope. hope so. I don't know. Some of these have been around a long time. All right. So I, I hear there's an opportunity of a lifetime for an SEO. Yep. Yep. Some lucky
3: SEO in Northeast Ohio or, you know, upper upper Western Canada is going to get to work with me. I'm hiring again. <laughs> can, I just basically want to know if you, can I get Scott's direct number? <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> no, but I'd have to convince him to move to Ohio, and I don't think I'm going to be able to do that anyway. So
1: <laughs> that is true. That is true.
3: But I'm looking. For, I'm looking for an SEO content specialist. Uh, know anybody in Northeast Ohio, or if you are one, send them my way. I put—I actually put a, a post on our, our Facebook community, and it says, if you're interested or know someone, make a comment, right? And that comment is basically your first impression in the interview, so make it good. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You're testing people again, are you? Yes, I am. That, right. is, and that reminds me, actually, I read an article about the the head of Charles Schwab, the CEO of Charles Schwab, when he interviews people, he takes them to breakfast, right? And, of course, it's going to be a high level. If the CEO of Charles Schwab is interviewing you, it's a high level position. So he takes him to breakfast, but he gets there early and he tells the people at the restaurant to mess up their order. Yeah. To whoever he's interviewing to see how they react. So the, the, the testing thing is actually something very common and, and, and I like it. I, you fine.
1: know, I get it. But I was also on the side of the people who were, who were saying that that was a pretty low move. But, you know, whatever. It, okay. The fact is any kind of insight into a person's true personality is a good thing.
3: I think it would, I I kind of agreed if it would be a low move if somebody said, ha, I had to mess up your order and this is, I I don't like the way you reacted. That would be rude and ridiculous. But if you just, if it just happens and you don't even mention it and just kind of fit
1: it into your evaluation, then I don't see any problem with it at all. Fair enough. And like I say, getting any insight into a person's true personality is important in those interviews because they're on their best behavior. When i don't know how we got on this topic it's my fault i'm sorry but when you're doing that face to face interview
3: they've already been vetted for their qualifications and their skills and stuff they're not going to get a face-to-face unless they've met those qualifications the face-to-face is really that evaluation to see if this person's a good personality fit for the organization a culture fit for the organization it's more about a personality thing than it is about do you really know what you're doing at that point very
1: true Let's uh, get to this this next topic. This is, why don't you just lead with it? And while you do that, I'm going to go close my window. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So basically, I'm sure everybody's heard by now, it's, it's
3: all over the place, um, that... They've removed ads from the search results in Google, the ads that show up on the right side of the page. And w- and in part of that, they're also going to be um, increasing the number of times you'll see four ads at the top of the page. And we kind of discussed this before. And is this really an SEO-related thing? It's more of a PPC issue. But I think it's something to be aware of as an SEO for the main reason it changes the way the search results look, right? I, I think I, – I th- I think it was a no-brainer that was coming for two reasons. One, because we've been seeing them stick all kinds of stuff on that right side. Knowledge graph stuff is going over there. You know, all kinds of things that are getting in the way of the ads anyway. So it makes sense that they're going to get rid of ads on that side. The other thing is, this is a you know Google has been very, very upfront and very vocal about how it wants its mobile experience and its desktop to experience to be as close as possible and as similar as possible. You can't put right side ads on the mobile device. To me, this is another one of those moves they're making that's purely kind of kind of focused on making mobile more the forefront of what they do.
1: Yeah. I, I don't like the idea of the four at the top. Um, I don't imagine any SEO does uh, four ads before all the organic, classic organic. I don't know. That's pretty horrific. But it's, then again, it is only happening occasionally for really strong brands. Well, well, here's so. the
3: interesting thing, Doctor Peter at, at Maz um, put 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 did some studies together. So before this change happened, the four ads at the top that they had been testing were like less than one percent. I think it was point 0.1% percent of the time you get four ads at the top of a search result listing. Two days after they launched it, that was up to 19% of the search results had four ads. Four days after they launched it, it was up to 36%. So sure. it's becoming more and more. It's getting there. I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't seen if he's done anything since then, but it's definitely a higher percentage. But here's the good thing from my perspective, right? There used to be, if you got the total number of ads on a page, Um, search result page you had four on the top i think there was five on the side and three at the bottom right so what is that's 12 possible ads on the page now the maximum number of ads on a page is seven which means that the organic search results are going to get are going to have that much more inventory on the page right so they're going to be that much more important yeah they're going to be pushed down a little bit but out of all the things you can click on, the organic search results now are a higher percentage of things you can
1: click on on the page now. So that almost makes them even more important. It does, if, if the persons were going to be willing to scroll. A scroll quite a ways. For example, um, if uh, I, I try in Victoria Hotel, and the I get four ads, big surprise. Then I get local SEO, uh, so the local maps, and then below the map is, is listings. And then after that, finally, organic. Um, classic, you know, classic organic rankings. So, I mean, not that local is not organic, obviously it is, but it's okay. But you know. now look at that research result. How many ads did you get at the top?
3: Four. Okay. The only thing that really changed is that one ad, right? So, that local stuff was already pushing organic way down to the bottom. That one ad with on a regular browser size, you know, is maybe five lines of text that's all like that stuff got pushed down if they were going to scroll down to it before they're still going to scroll down to it if they got past the local stuff
1: mm-hmm. right yeah it's not well, i guess thing. i guess what i'm saying is the five line seems to be a lot but where
3: stuff. where where it's going to be significant, I think, is in the mobile search because because you have such a smaller real estate screen real estate there that your ads most likely gonna be the first thing you see, and it used to be when there was three ads, that's the first page, depending on the size of your phone. Then you just go to the next scroll down to the next page, and it'd be like the local stuff. and you're almost on the third kind of quote unquote page of results before you even get
1: to the organic results.
3: And then you it's get three
1: of, or four per page. It's kind of funny. you know to me, this seems to, I mean, I get why they'd want to make it the same. Actually, I don't get it. I, I mean, I see that they want to make it the same for mobile, the look. But on desktop, why? I mean, desktop, you have far more screen real estate. Now there's just a buttload of white space.
3: Well, they're gonna fill that in with a knowledge graph and who knows what other kind of stuff they'll end up putting over there. I, I think this is a clear signal that there's gonna be a lot more knowledge graph kind of stuff. I bet you they move answers over there at some point now that
1: the the ads are gone. A lot Something's of that stuff, gotta go there, is what I'm getting at. I mean, they yeah, can't yeah. if if they truly are gonna keep it the same as make keep it look like mobile, it's gonna be pretty stark. And and it requires a lot more scrolling when it's really unnecessary when people have larger monitors. But, true, but you also have to think about infrastructure, right? Do they really want to
3: continue to maintain two completely different platforms? And if they, the, the more they can move them in together to be the same platform, the easier it's going to be from a business perspective to maintain all of
1: it. Yes, Google. they got all the money in the world. They can do whatever <laughs> they want. And they, you know they're going to anyway. They're, they're they going to mess with this again very soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to start talking about AMP. There's a few pieces of news we'd like to discuss.
2: SEO 101 will be back right after recess.
3: at BruceClay.com.
4: Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com
1: Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think
4: eBrands.
1: Free and unlimited SEO audit reports.
4: eBrands.
1: Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators.
4: eBrands.
1: Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results.
2: Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrands with a... Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm, hosted by John Karkat, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So, AMP results are now live. They are in search. Mm -hmm. However, um, there has been discussion uh, from... Well, I guess I can't really jump. Well, yeah, I'm going to jump into the Mueller files a little here. we got to jump around a little bit. I mean, you you moved it around. It should really be in the. Anyway, we should have stuck all the amp in one spot. Anyway, uh, he's saying that it's not a search ranking signal yet. (laughs) So I know John has a lot to say here. So go for it. Well,
3: first of all, let's talk about, for those who are unaware, if you're unaware of AMP, you haven't been listening to the show, welcome, to, thanks for joining the show, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so AMP is Accelerated Mobile Pages, and it's this new technology. Google's pushing out. It's pretty much seeming to be a direct competition with um, Facebook's instant articles, which is going to be an interesting conversation in about three or four months, actually. But that's beside the point. So AMP has they've been talking about it for a while if they said it was going to roll out in february it did it rolled out so what this is is basically a another version of a web page so you actually have to create an amp version of a web page so you end up with two pages one that's your normal standard pages and one that's very lean and clean and mean um, doesn't have any javascript um very minimal i wouldn't say minimal but very very lean code and it The idea is this AMP page is going to load dramatically faster. And if you've had a chance to play with it yet on on your mobile device, it loads instantly. It is amazing. I'm surprised they didn't call it instant mobile pages. Well, maybe Facebook would have got mad, but that's basically what it does. So it's pretty cool. It works nice. Mueller says it's not a ranking signal. This is double talk. Google famous double talk. No, AMP itself is not a ranking signal, right? But... Page speed is a ranking signal, and these pages load instantly. So tell me that's not going to play into this. It does. But it's kind of a moot point at this point anyway because of the other topic we have here, how do you determine if you need to build AMP pages for your site, right? AMP pages right now are only for publishers that are putting out news content and at this point today this is going to change but right now it's only in Google News right or it's so so you're not seeing any AMP results in standard organic search results so unless you're approved to be a publisher in Google News you're publishing stuff you don't need AMP pages yet I'm not saying don't do it because it's, it's going to be interesting because who knows how soon they're going to push them out but most people at this point don't need AMP pages. There's so much talk about it. It's people kind of this kind of goes go, gets swept under the rug. I mean, there's there's WordPress plugins, there's Joomla plugins, there's all this people thing. This is how you build them, but nobody's talking about if you should build them yet or not. Unless you're in Google News today, I wouldn't make it a huge priority. Get it on your list of things to do to your site because I got a feeling it's going to expand beyond Google News. You know, I don't know what the time frame looks like. Any guesses, Ross? What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, it seems like it's fairly, it's going to happen soon. I mean, it's odd that they're, remember that site I was showing you last week. I mean, that was a, that's no publisher. I mean, yeah, they got a blog, but I mean, th- that, and yes, that does show up in Google News technically, but that yeah. seemed awfully early to be notifying them to do AMP. So it right. doesn't seem to me that it's going to take very long for that to go mainstream.
3: That's a great point. So they are telling people, unless, unless, unless. They're looking at that because they do put block of stuff in the in the news thing. So in the news part of the search results, you know, last year. They, they used to be just news publishers were in that that in the news block, it used to be called news results. When they changed it to in the news, they not only put news publishers, but they put bloggers and Twitter and brand pages, they put anything that's really related to that news topic in that in the news thing. Um, maybe that's where they're expecting some of these blogs to go with the AMP stuff, because I have seen AMP show up on the in the news piece, not just, but it was only for publishers that I do happen to know were in Google News as well, in the in the news piece. And it's interesting, too, because the AMP pages actually have a little logo and are identified as AMP pages in the search results. You know, how we talked about how if you get stars and things that differentiate your your listing from others, well, this your AMP pages get this little round circle, and it says AMP right there at the bottom of the listing. It's going to differentiate it from, from the other listings. It's mm-hmm. going to be fun to watch.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, if there's one thing that's, that's for sure true about SEO and it's all thanks to Google. It's, it's there's never a dull moment. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. <laughs> We're always uh, on the on the run, trying to catch up and understand what's coming up next. So that's, that's good. I think mean, that's good. It keeps things a little interesting. And after doing it this so long, as we have, that's part of what keeps me going, really. And you know, I like to have the odd thing to rant about.
3: Yeah, the odd thing, <laughs> the odd, even, multiplied, subtracted, every kind of. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I have a rant algorithm. <laughs>
3: I, th- I think we need to start a new hashtag,
1: Ross Rants. This yes! would be an
3: awesome hashtag, Ross Rants.
1: <laughs> Although I can't, rant, I'm, I, I don't have the time to rant like some people do. Man, those written rants can be crazy cool. Like they just uh, go off. But just emotional. to, just,
3: just to <laughs> summarize, I guess everybody AMP is live. Um, if you're a news site or a publisher, get it implemented on your site as soon as you can. If you're not thinking start thinking about it but uh
1: you know if you know it's not something you're gonna to have to drop other projects to do today the next topic coming up here is uh, something i wanted to talk about from mike blumenthal he's our favorite uh, professor maps uh he he is all about local and he does a great job of keeping us all abreast of it now apparently uh recently and I, I don't actually pay attention to this stuff anymore because frankly when it happens when there's a change in how Google search results are, are, are you know, show up unless it's been, it's, it's stuck, you know, it's something that's really going to stick around. I don't get worried anymore. Well, he, apparently he went through an issue um, where he, they, he and a, a couple of other people were, were starting to pan- panic a little bit because review or star ratings started to disappear from search results. Now, oh, if yeah. you don't, if you don't know about this, Mike uh, also is one of the owners in um, get five stars, which is all about, showing those reviews and all about getting those reviews for businesses. So I imagine it was a bit of a pause for him, Uh, as it turns out, and I guess this is a little more of the Mueller files. Um, (laughs) there was a huge drop on Uh, pause for sound effect. (laughs) It's really bad, isn't it? Okay. Um, it could could, could be a bit better. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There, there was a massive drop in, and it was down into the, uh, 33% drop, I think is what he shows on his, um, his, his blog post here. And if you can you go to Blumenthal's.com, B-L-U-M-E-N-T-H-A-L-S.com and you go to his blog and, and you'll find a, an article called Review Star Zen and the Art of Local Search. Anyway, it shows this uh, screenshot of um, this chart and it was a huge drop in reviews and then it went right back up. And according to John Mueller, uh, it was a bug and the, the decline was a mistake. So uh, I think he... He he regained his sanity pretty quickly. Now that said, he had a few points I wanted to share, which I thought were great. I'm going to quote him here. He says, Local search is hard. Always has been and always will be. Not only is it an amalgam of multiple algos, it's an area of heavy experimentation by Google, just as we were talking about earlier. That being said, if you keep in mind some general principles, you can maximize the impact of these changes on your business. And let's go through a few of these points, because I think they were really great. One, Communicate early and often with your clients when they come on board about the fact that Google changes frequently. Prepare themselves, prepare them for the inevitable. Number two, when issues like this crop up, be out of, be out front of the issue and alert your bigger customers and communicate to staff what they need to know to answer inevitable questions. Three, be prepared for change. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's what we live by. Um, and be sure that you are leveraging multiple local marketing tactics so that one change is not at the end, not the end of the world. And man, is that ever true, eh, John? Like how it's many clients no have got good. all their eggs in one basket? It's just, it's horrifying sometimes to see. It is. It's, it's awesome. It's,
3: it's awful when it goes wrong for them. Cause they, it's, it's like they lose hope. It's just a sad, sad, sad thing. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, even if it's as simple as just making sure, I mean, even this is too many eggs in one basket in a way, but um, ensuring that you've got great Classic organic results, you know, non-local. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's getting harder to split those two apart, but essentially not the map-based stuff. And and that'll help too. So if maps go crazy, you're doing okay in the local. Also implement a, a pay-per-click campaign if you want. I mean, just cover your bases. And then also look at other search engines. There aren't that many that are of, of any significance, but there can be a trickle of traffic from those. And if you can get ranking from rankings from them, that helps as well. This is also, and again, back to quoting here, Always keep an eye out for the next marketing opportunity that might help that customer and be ready to implement it if things change. Number five, stay on the right side of ethics and best practice behaviors, So if things go south, you're not the one responsible. Amen. <laughs> See, that, that,
3: that, that's an interesting one because like you and I, it's, it's easy to make that call. We can say, oh, we need to do this because this is, this is the way it needs to be done. There's too many resources on the internet that, to teach the wrong way to do things. So somebody new in the industry might not know they're on the wrong side of ethics, which that, that to me is one of our biggest issues sure. is, uh, you know, just the misinformation and the old and outdated information, you know, the stuff changes, like Mike said, like you said, we say it every, practically every show, this stuff changes all the time, but the information that's published on the web is static, right? So once it's published out there and if, you know, it's there. And if someone finds the wrong piece of information about how to do something, they've just hurt their clients without knowing it. And it drives
1: me nuts. And there's plenty of misinformation out there, there's no doubt. Okay, well, let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into some more Mueller files. SEO
2: 101 will be back right after recess.
1: Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at WMETraining.com
4: Conversion Conference, the can't-miss CRO event of 2016. Join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas May 18th and 19th for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever. Four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on. Interact with expert speakers at informal networking events and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face to face in the expo hall. Get hands on with pre conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining. And Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th. Conversion Conference last year sold out fast and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now.
2: Okay, class. Take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcut, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. And myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing Inc. I haven't actually heard about this. Uh, you found something on the, the SEM post, that wonderful so, publication. So there's, so there's a great little tool inside of Webmaster Tools,
3: Google search, Webmaster Tools, right? <laughs> that allows you to submit a URL. So let's say there was an issue with URL or you, you did something to, to fix it or change it. Or for, for there are lots of different reasons you might need to submit a URL back to Google. Not, not necessarily to make it found or have it be found, but there's plenty of reasons why you'd say, okay, we've changed something. Here you go. Check it out. We want to make sure our changes worked. Well, apparently people had been really abusing this. Um, cause there, I don't think there was, there's, if there wasn't a cap, there was like a, you could do it a hundred times a month, like submit a hundred URLs. People were abusing it so bad that Google has now dropped it down. You can only do this ten times a month which which is, it can be problematic if you're using it for the right reasons and you have large, very complicated sites. Most people, this isn't going to really impact you much at all. But if it's something you do on a regular basis, think about why you're doing it and do you really need to do this? Can you just wait for a standard crawl or do you have to submit it? Because that abuse has has taken away a powerful tool that, that a lot of people can use for good because people were abusing it.
1: That's um, but, typical. Yeah, yeah, it is. At least, you know, I mean, it's and it's not going to help you with rankings. Yeah, maybe it'll get them faster, or get the Google back faster, but it doesn't mean your rankings are going to improve. Exactly. I mean, obviously, that's a loaded answer, but I mean, in any case, gotta love it when they have to restrict stuff. Oh man! All right, so we didn't finish up the Mueller files, uh, and this nope. uh, I think I've read about this before. Actually, I'm surprised it's come up again, but the fact that manual actions on subdomains can impact an entire site. Now, John, what, what is a subdomain for our listeners? Uh, um, subdomain is like
3: um, something before your main domain. So www. is actually a subdomain. Some people have blog.domain.com or news.domain.com, or people can get abusive with this as well. You, you can, if you're, if you're a local site and you're in, you wanna list every single product or county or city that you're doing, and you put each one on its own subdomain, you know, like, um, Cleveland. You know cleveland.ohio.com, akron.ohio.com, those kind of things. You, you put a bunch of stuff before your domain. Those are subdomains.
1: Right. Right? So, it, it, yeah, and in this case, Google's saying that, yeah, we, we do a, a pretty good job of recognizing when it's just that subdomain's physically a different site from the main domain, you know, top-level domain. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for example, like Blogspot or any of these places. Um, so if you are doing something wrong, they're not going to affect everyone on Blogspot. However, um, in in many cases, uh, subdomains are used as sort of a a navigational preference for, for site structure. It's this this is this is the news section, this is the blog section, just as you mentioned. Um, we, and, we we have a lot of subdomains on our site. So like yeah. we have a section for our real estate advertisers
3: and we have a section for our autos. You know, as you think about classified advertising in newspapers, our newspaper sites have the autos on a subdomain, the real estate on a subdomain, the job listings on a subdomain, that kind of thing. And it makes sense because that's there's a lot of content in those areas and there's enough to to make its own site that's targeted to a topic.
1: Yeah. So really what it comes down to is they're saying that, you know, if you practice something incredibly bad against Google guys, Google's guideline on a subdomain and it's, you know, a navigational component, it's a component of your main site at the top level. Well, if, if you get a manual action against that subdomain, that means Google has said you've done bad slap. Yeah, you're, you're getting a, a ranking decrease. Gosh, whatever. You could be removed from Google. Well, that's going to apply to everything. And, and this is good um, in, in the sense that, you know, anyone who's trying to use subdomains to test black hat theories, all that kind of stuff, can't do it without risking everything. Now, is this tied specifically to
3: subdomains that are connected via navigation? Because there's a lot of people no, who use a subdomain. necessarily. Yeah, as a separate website completely. So there's no navigational tie between the main domain and the subdomain. Um, and if one of the, and a lot of people will do that specifically to try to target and spam. I mean a lot of spammers have done that in the past. So it's it sounds like if it's not a navigational tie, that means if you for some reason you're you say, Okay, you know, you let your, your cousin build a website on a subdomain because they don't have enough money to buy their own domain and hosting, right? But they want to put a blog up. So you say, okay, you know, my cousin Vinny's blog dot whatever your site is, and your cousin Vinny happens to, to do all kinds of really crazy bad things from an SEO perspective and gets a penalty on his site that isn't connected to your site, but it's on your subdomain, it's going to impact you.
1: Yeah, or very well could. You know, For example, here it says... Uh, and to quote it says it also means that webmasters who are using a free website service that hosts individual sites on subdomains or subdirectories will need to ensure that the domain overall isn't a haven for spammers either and that's that's critical too the domain overall piece i think is really
3: critical in that description because there are sites like wordpress.com wordpress.com when you when you sign up there you get a subdomain for your site right and last time I checked, which, which was last year sometime, WordPress.com gets over 300,000 new websites every month. There's going to be some that are going to get banned, but I think it's that percentage. If it's if it's a vast majority of the sites on that free hosting are,
1: are having problems, you're going to have problems. I think, you know, being that we're kind of running out of time, do you want to just jump into questions? We could. Or do you really um, want to cover this last one? It's up to you. Let's let's jump into questions. So this one is from Stuart. Uh, thank you for posting this, Stuart. A few months ago, I took over a website from a previous web designer. I did a complete redesign, moving to a WordPress system. But since making the change three to four months ago, sales on the site have completely dried up. I'm pretty new to the SEO game, but big fan of the podcast and wondering if I'm missing something. I think I've done all the basics, and website traffic seems to be reasonable based on the previous statistics I can glean, although previous developer didn't appear to use Google Analytics. How often does that happen? Anyway, uh, <laughs> does anyone have any device advice? I have a, I have a Google AdWords campaign running also. Um, now he gives us the website that we didn't have a chance to look at that. Um, I don't don't need to. No. <laughs> yeah. His description um,
3: pretty much identified the problem.
1: Yeah. Why you you go for it? Go for
3: it. So it's it's and believe me, you're not the first, and you won't be the last. And I run across this frequently with clients um, or potential clients. It sounds to me like you didn't do a transition strategy when you launched your new design. So basically, if you have an old website. Um, and you're thinking about doing a redesign. Your old website is, if it's been up for a while, is built what I like to term as search equity. There's history behind the site. There's weight. There's relevancy. There's information that the search engines know about your site and your site's pages that it, that it's, that it stores and it keeps and it knows. And I, I consider that equity. So when you redesign your site, if you change your URL structure, or even at one character, let's say you build the exact same URL structure, but you switch from PHP to HTML, so you change the extension on the files um, and you're not using directories, but, but you change one character, the search engine thinks that's a brand new page. Right, so you have to transfer the equity from the old version of your site, the old URLs, to the new version of your site and the new URLs, and you do that with with three hundred one redirects, of course. Right, so you, and it's almost like you have to do a one to one mapping. You know, you have to remember back in kindergarten when they, you were learning how to read, and you got these cards. Here's a picture of a cat, a dog, and a horse, and over here is the words horse, cat, dog, and you had to draw lines between them to match them up. You have to do the exact same thing with the old pages of your site and the new pages of your site with your redirects, your 301 redirects. And without that transition strategy, what happens is that that old equity just disappears. It goes away and you're basically launching a brand new site with no history, no relevancy, no backlink profile associated with the same domain, which you have hopefully same domain, that that backlink profile will be there. But those internal pages, all those links don't count anymore because
1: you didn't do that redirect strategy. Now, That's uh- my guess. Yeah, and, and, and like you said, we're, we're guessing at this point. I mean, if, if let's say you didn't, if you did do that, but you didn't quite, you know, let's say the site had decent rankings. However, when you did the redesign, you didn't keep the, in general, the, the same relevance per page. Uh, you know the the content relevance. When Google looks at the page, is it going to get the same message it did when it looked at the old old page? Even if it's redirected, you you got to make sure that, that page is just as relevant as it was before, if not better. <laughs> I'm laughing because
3: I, I just thought of something else you can check that unbelievably happens quite frequently. Make sure Go your index. designer. Yeah, make sure your designer <laughs> didn't launch it with a robots.txt blocking it from search. The new version of your site that happens frequently because the designer. Rightfully so, will block it from search when they're building it out because you don't want this unfinished site getting indexed. But then they push it live and they forget to change the robots.txt file to open it up for a search. So double check yeah. that robots.txt. Don't worry, file Stuart. Too.
1: We're don't, we don't believe you did that. I mean, you did say website traffic seems to be reasonable, so that's that's not the uh, the issue. So, but you're right. I mean, it happens more well, we, often than not. I didn't
3: get that one. All right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but I, I hope that helps, Stuart. I know, frankly, there's a lot to this. And I know there's been a few people who have uh, piped in and given you some t- some tips. And I'm sure there's some good ones there as well. So,
3: so, so, go, so, so, so go back into the, the community, Stuart, and answer this question, right? In your wording, you said your sales have dropped. You didn't say your traffic dropped is your traffic consistent with what it was beforehand because if that's the case it's not really an SEO issue for you it's a it's a conversion issue and maybe the new site just doesn't convert as well because of something in the way it works maybe your your sales form and, and your sales platform is not working the way it's supposed to or is is much more difficult for people So are people are abandoning your cart sooner so <laughs> look at so, um, so be a little clearer in your question too
1: Yeah, well, he did mention that they didn't know for sure because it doesn't look like the previous developer used Google Analytics. But uh, Ah. that said, uh, one thing that happened to a client of ours, uh, things dried up. We started getting calls. We're getting, you know, he was a little bit cheesed at us. Um, And uh, we were in the midst of a campaign. We knew things were improving. Rankings were were actually quite good. and, And I'm sure things improved. About a week later, he called back apologizing because he decided to check his phone number and the phone number was no longer working. (laughs) <laughs> Damn, um, that'll be true. <laughs> Uh our SEOs we're just punching bags anyway <laughs> so I, I was glad that, that that got figured out but you know it can be little crazy things like that uh, and, and even if it's a, a click to call button that you've got on there and it's going to the wrong number I mean it can be it, it just the tiniest thing uh, anyway so I do hope that helps uh, the next question's a, a bit of a longer one, but it's from David Blaine. Uh, David, you always give us some good, qu- good questions. Um, and I have to, I have to ask, just because
3: every time we see this, Ross and I think this is not the magician, David Blaine. If if you are, <laughs> let us know because we want to have you on the show. Because <laughs> I want to know why you switched from magic to SEO. Because it'd be an interesting story. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the David Blaine we know, we we're talking about the magician has an I in his name. In uh, name, David doesn't. Uh. So. All right. Well, he's he's being incognito. Yes. (laughs) This is okay. Quote, unquote here. I've been thrown into a site launch where we have about 5,200 current pages of content bringing in significant traffic. We're pushing out a launch with a new site with a significantly reduced amount of content. Almost all blog content will disappear. Uh, Okay. Um, My question is this. Should we set up all the redirects to the reduced sitemap, watch traffic dip, and add content back as needed? strategically based on top performing pages or should i wait to set up any redirects until we can add most of the content back to the site as possible dealing with the dip in traffic for a few weeks essentially i'm wondering if it's bad to change the 301s twice first time to less relevant content then again to more relevant content Huh? i wish i knew why they're reducing this con like content if it's bringing significant traffic yeah, that's never a good thing. Seems like we're missing here. But I guess we'll just have to accept that and just go for the question here. So uh, let's read that again. Essentially, I'm wondering if it's bad to change the 301s twice, the first time to less relevant content, then again to more relevant content when it's being so, produced. So when uh, you're
3: saying change it twice, what are you? is he thinking about doing two redirects in succession
1: or changing the target of the redirect? What, how do, you, what do you read out of that? He, he wants, should we set up the redirects to the reduced site Sitemap. watch traffic dip and add content back as needed. Ah, I'm, I'm missing something here. I feel like maybe I'm just, yeah, yeah, there's definitely questions to ask here, but I think the general thing to think
3: is don't remove content optimize it, refine it if you need to. If you if you don't like the content you have, you can write new content on a similar topic, but that doesn't mean you have to redirect the old content to the new content. Unless it's so similar, there's no reason to have it both on the page, right, or on the site. Try to avoid redirects at all, at all costs. I mean, you know, redirects are a good tool,
1: but they're a tool you don't want to lo- use if you can avoid it. Oh, I see. how I, I'm getting a picture of what he wants to do. I guess they really, really, really want the site to be leaner. Um, the reasoning for that is what work I'm kind of lacking on, but that's okay. And what they want to do is watch things drop, but learn where that's dropping and so they can add the content back to try and regain that traffic. I don't know. It seems like a, a lot of work and a lot of risk. Uh, I don't really get a lot, why A lot
3: of risk. I mean, wanting, to, wanting your traffic to drop and then
0: just I guess it I don't lean. understand
3: anything. Yeah, just yeah. to make it lean so you can then really build it back up again doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: But David, we'd love to learn more about this. It's intriguing. So if you could, yeah. you could respond and just put in some little more feedback in here and then make sure to to um, tag us in that response so we can go back to it. Otherwise, it'll get lost in our list of questions we get. But uh, thank yeah. you for, for bringing that in. The, this last one is from Tom H- Tim Hodges. Does anyone here have any advice on buying a link from Best of the Web, the Best of the Web directory? I managed a large website, 2,400 plus pages for a small independent Canadian department store and wanted to know if someone who has used the best of the web before could let me know if it would be worth the fee for a website like that. It's a full e-commerce site. Well, you know what? I, I, I'm I not a big fan of buying anything in directories. Um, and, and normally I'd say don't. The only reason I, I, I'm I bit wishy-washy is doing this competitor analysis. I found a few people who had best of the webs there. I... I They seem to be high trust, they seem to be ranking well. I don't know, I mean, I I don't see it being a big problem.
3: I've seen Best of the Web on you you have lists of local citations when you're doing local search there's the primary citations and then there's secondary citations and primary citations are sites like Foursquare Google of course Mm -hmm. um, City Search big sites like that Best of the Web is always listed on the primary citations list so I've always from from the people that I've known and and if if you remember a few years back Ross there was this big purging of directories in the index and, Mm -hmm. and links from that Best of the Web was spared in that purge primarily because they had a very significant human editing um, processes in place when people go in and try to do that so they they actually do at least they used to i haven't dealt with them in quite a while um have this human editing feature or functionality that that keeps them kind of somewhat in the, the good graces of the
1: engines it's surprising, really. I mean, it is a purchased link, but it does purchase editorial reviews. So that's that's the differentiation, uh, right? So that's that's good. Anyway, I hope that helps, Tim. I would go for it. It seems no no harm in that. And dang, it, I wish my affiliate code was in in this this conversation right now. Uh, <laughs> I know. I used to have one, and they do do affiliate stuff. Anyway, um, well, I guess uh, that's it. We've covered a lot in this show. Holy cow! Yes, we um, did. Half- yeah, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO One Hundred and One on Google Plus. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at eleven a.m. Pacific, two p.m. Eastern, every Wednesday on Webmaster Radio FM. Thanks for listening, everybody.
2: The holidays are doubly important this year, so make your celebrations doubly special. At Kroger, we've got a huge selection of high-quality meats on top of fresh, natural produce, like fresh, never-frozen prime-grade beef and our simple truth organic Brussels sprouts or delicious king crab legs with our private-selection gourmet potatoes. Oh, had to say that doubly fast. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
1: Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.